morning, everyone. Morning, morning. It is still morning. Everywhere we are, it is still morning. It is happy. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord. And this is the day, as we heard, as we heard earlier on, that he has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new, it's a joy. It's a joy to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm happy to be here on this platform this morning. As you can hear, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the flu. And as my message is about battling in prayer, battle ready in prayer. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for another day. We thank you, God, that you are here with us. We have been praising you, God, and your presence have been here. So we welcome you, Lord, and we invite you once again into this atmosphere to take over my voice as I deliver your word. Use this clay like never before, and you will get all the praise and all the glory in no other name but in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. So my brothers and sisters, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, as I said earlier on. I welcome all of you, some of you from Soul Care. I'm seeing some of my friends and my family on this platform. But most of all, I thank God for the pastor in this house, Pastor Ava Green. God has blessed her to, to shepherd us. We salute her. We ask God to give her more wisdom, more power, and to infuse her with his strength. So I'm privileged to be here once again. Excuse my voice because I've been fighting. As I said, my message this morning is battle ready in prayer. We have been doing prayer for a month. My sister Karen started out with, where are you now? Where are you in prayer? And she, she read from Psalm 91. And our brother, our Reverend Donald Bowles spoke last week on prayer changes people. You, when you pray, you get to another level in glory. You get to another level in authority. And this morning, my brother and I, Stephen, so I won't be very long, will be sharing the platform to end this on prayer, which is one of my favorite topics. I have learned to pray over the past five years. I use everything in prayer. So I'll be reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Can you just show it on the screen for me? And you can hear my little stuffy, but forget about that because I'm pushing in faith. I'm fighting in the armor of God. And it says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish stronghold. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we take every thought to make it obedient to Christ. My brothers and sisters, my friends, my family, my message to you this morning is being battle ready in prayer. Are we battle ready in prayer? Are we battle ready 
to face Kenya? Are we back to ready to face our unseen enemy, invisible enemy? Are we ready to face this invisible virus that has been attacking the world, COVID-19? My brothers and sisters, this week was a battle for me. I have decided to take a little vacation and I haven't been in anywhere in a while because you all know we have been in lockdown. And I've locked down in Jamaica and I'm accustomed to land, wood, water, sand, sea, sun. And I decide to visit North Carolina. And I've been good. But for the past three days, I was ravished with the flu. It's not COVID because I decree and declare that COVID will not come by my, by, by me, not my family. It will not because the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel is able to do exceedingly about my brothers and sisters, we have to take hold of what God is so because our weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal, they are mighty to tear down stronghold. And I will be tearing down stronghold this morning because we need to know that the enemy must be silenced and God must be praised because he lives inside of us and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I got radical this week. I was this close to call pastor and say, I cannot pray. I cannot um, offer this message this morning. My voice, my voice was gone. I've never been this sick. My sisters called me and they said, boy, this is not the Ruth. I could ha hardly speak. My friends called, they never recognized me. I thank you for my intercessors who have been praying because I got radical in the realms of the spirit. And the Lord said to me, what is your message? It's a warfare. It is wartime and we have to be ready to fight the enemy. And how do we get ready? As Christians, we are engaged in a spiritual warfare and it is expedient that we wage a good warfare. My brothers and sisters, we have to wage it. But there is a method, there's a strategy in which we have to do it. Paul admonishes Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, wage a good warfare, which means we are soldiers in a battle and we must engage or carry out an attack on our, on our enemy against sin and against flesh. We must realize, as I said early on, there's an unseen enemy. There's an unseen virus, which is COVID-19, but we have to know how to attack it. In the passage that was just read, we see that Paul, was writing to his friends in Corinth. I don't know if they must have were their friends who was questioning his authority. They were slandering him saying he was bold in his letter, but he had no authority in person. In other words, they were undermining him. We don't have that problem on NLH. How we don't undermine our pastors. We pray her up. And I hope that's what we are doing because God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outward appearance. We, want re we must recognize that the weapons that we're fighting with, they're of spiritual kind. They're not physical in nature or character. Our battles begin from the realms of the spirit. So we are not fighting each other. I'm not fighting against my sister Prudence. I'm not fighting against my, my pastor, sister a Ava. We are fighting unseen things in the realms of the spirit. And before it emanates to the physical, we have to take authority. So the spiritual battleground is a must win for us Christians. Hallelujah. 
it is a must win for us Christians. So don't be fearful. The battleground is a must win for us. The Bible refers to Christian as soldiers. We are soldiers of the cross. And as such, we should be prepared for battle. Every soldier is consistently in training and in preparation for battle because the enemy can attack at any time. So again, I'm saying to you, be battle ready. Be battle ready, my brothers and sisters. Be battle ready because the enemy, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. So my point this morning, what are the characteristics of our spiritual weapon? And I will be sharing just four of the characteristics about the spiritual weapon that I just read in the book of Corinthians. Paul, one of my favorite writers. And he said, they are not carnal. They are not fleshy. They are not weapons of the world. They are mighty and they have divine knowledge. Their operations are through God. Their operations, my brothers and sisters, are through God. And their purpose is to take our thoughts captive. So we hear that again. We have to take our thoughts captive. We cannot fear what is happening around us. There is war all over. There is flood in Europe. We can see that God is coming. And the enemy knows that he's losing the battle. So he's out to get us. But we have to wield or a weapon this morning. And I will be telling you about the defensive weapons and the offensive weapons, but we also can develop a carnal weapons. And the carnal weapons in Colossians chapter three and verse five and six, they're sinful and their earthly nature, sexual immorality, anger, greed, rage, malice, slander, filthy language and lies. And those are the carnal weapons that we have to be aware of. We have to know what it is all about when we're raging war with the enemy. Our life must line up. We cannot walk in the flesh as we wage a war against the enemy, my brothers and sisters. It says the weapons of our warfare, it's plural. It's not singular. So it's not one weapon. They have divine power. My brothers and sisters, I just told you about their characteristic. We don't fight with physical weapons like guns. And I'm going to show you my little, I have a few. And that's why I went downstairs because my little man came and took back his toys. But I have them right here. I have an automatic. Is Reverend Collymore on this line? Look at my automatic gun. Can you see it? We don't fight with guns. We don't fight with these. But I'm, I can tell you, it is important that we learn how to use it. And from a young age, I remember I went to the range and I would aim at the target and I would aim in the center of the target with this gun. And the first time I fired a shot, I dropped both on the ground. It was powerful. So our weapon are not this. And one of my spiritual weapons that I'll be talking about this morning is about prayer and the word of God. I might not be able to go into all of that because my brother Stephen will be sharing too. So that will be a message on its own. But my brothers and sisters, as I said, it's not about the guns. It's not about the shield, the arrow that we have. See, my arrow and my gun, we don't fight with these because greater is he, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 
I'm not saying you don't need your gun, but I don't need this gun because I am going to pray myself up to be mighty in Satan's kingdom. Are you hearing me? My brothers and sisters, so I'm going to be telling you about the defensive weapon, but that's not my message this morning. In Ephesians 6 from verse 14 and 18, it speaks about the defensive weapon. And the first one, I'm not going, I'm going to do it. We're doing, a, we're putting on an armor. We're putting on a dress. It's, 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 it's very important. It's a very important activity in prayer. We remain there and we fight in prayer. We fight in the armor. But the first thing to fight in the armor, you have to put on the helmet of salvation. So you must be a Christian to fight in this armor. And look at my helmet. It's not my size, but I'm going to put it on. So this is my helmet of salvation that covers the mind, that covers everything up here. And I know who I am in Christ because I'm seated with him in heavenly. I'm excited about God. I don't even want to sit down and preach this morning. I want to stand up and tell you that God is excited about you. So you put on the helmet of salvation. That's my first garment that I'll be putting on. And my next one is a breastplate of righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6 and verse 10. And they all will be added to you. Hallelujah. So we get ready for salvation is the first thing. And then the righteousness. And my brothers and sisters, the next one is the shield of faith. The shield of faith, which is a powerful defensive weapon. Paul said to Timothy, I like to spend a little time right here in the shield of faith. Forgive me this morning because I didn't have time to even prepare this message for the entire week. This week I was down with the flu and I know the enemy was coming after me. So I stood up in authority. I put on my garment and I said, you will not take me down. And I'm saying to you, the helmet the helmet of salvation. I just said the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith because Paul also says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And that is an armor that we need to fight with. We have to fight the good fight of faith. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, from verse 11 to 12, Timothy is to fight, is to pursue. And here was the first thing that Timothy has to pursue this morning. He has to pursue righteousness. Holiness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. And he said to Timothy, you can read it. I won't be, I will just tell you the little snips out of it. Godliness, faith, love, endurance. He said, my brother Timothy, you gotta fight the good fight of faith. So you have to go in righteousness. You have to go in faith and love. You have to endure. So we have to endure our storms, ladies and gentlemen. My sisters and my brothers, I sound like I was on the mic a while ago as a flight attendant. But I'm telling you, I want you to be battle ready. So it starts with salvation. It starts with righteousness. It starts with the shield of faith. And my sister, my pastor, Ava, posted something earlier on in our chat for prayer for women. And she said, she spoke about the shield of faith is a part of the armor of God. It is to guard against the attack of her enemy because the devil comes at us to extinguish with his flaming arrows. 
and watch out the flaming arrows of the enemy, his lies. But we're going to tear down all lies by the power of the Almighty. Lies, deception, fear, and intimidation, doubt in regards to you, the integrity and the character of God and division. That's what the enemy comes after. We want to tear him down with the word of God because that's the sword. And that's what I'm going to get next to. My brothers and sisters, I feel charged this morning because Satan has taken the kingdom of God by force and we have to fight. But our fight, our weapons are not carnal. They're spiritual. And let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters, the next one is the sword of the spirit and I just showed you the word. And we have to line ourselves with the truth around the waist. And you know what happens around the waist? All the sexual organs are there. So be careful because that's the loins of truth. And we have to be careful what happens in those organs. Sexual immorality, lust, our stomach. We eat and we overeat. And the Lord is saying to gird yourself up in the loins of truth. We have been fasting for the last, for the last month. How long do we stay without food? How long do we sacrifice even one day not to eat, just to go into the presence? I implore you this morning to get with it. My brothers and sisters, fasting and prayer are spiritual discipline. And that's what I'll be getting to in a little while. Well, I said the loin of truth, which is your secrets around you. There are too many secrets in the kingdom of God. And we need to release all secrets. And they're in sexual impurity. The lies, the lies that the enemy gives us. And greater is he, as I tell you. Release those lies. Let go of the flesh and walk in the spirit. So you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. The next one is the shoe of peace. So I'd start from the head to the feet. And that is the, those are the defensive weapons. My brothers and sisters, the last verse, the last one is verse 18. It says, praying in the spirit in all occasion. And that is my offensive weapon this morning. We will be praying in the spirit. When and when we pray, Ephesians 6 and verse 18 says, on all occasions, we all did spiritual discipline last year. And I have learned because my sister Abba knows me. Whenever she gives me something, I go over it. Anytime, anywhere, any month, I will go over it. I have a store on my phone. I don't have my computer here. But we, when, the where. So when and where is Ephesians 6? It's all occasions. And 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12, I, you just write them down. I'm going fast because I want my brother Stephen to to enjoy his time too. First Thessalonians 5 and 12 to 13. We pray continually without ceasing. The how. So I've said the where, the when, and the how according to God's will. This is all about spiritual discipline. I learned to my pastor. First John 5 from verse 14 to 13. And then I go on to the why. So I've said to you the when, the where, the how, and then the why. And the why is Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 3. I'm just going to give you one verse. Call unto me and I will answer you. You just have to call unto him. But you have to live your life in righteousness. You cannot be carnal and fighting with the spiritual weapons, my brothers and sisters. And then the whom, 1 Timothy says, 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 2. 
You pray for all people, the king, kings, and those in authority. You pray over Israel. You pray for everyone. So I'm addressing this offensive weapon that we have. And as I said, it's not a physical sword. It's not the gun, but it is prayer. Prayer, as I just said, is a spiritual discipline. Personal commitment to spiritual disciplines are the weapons of our warfare. I just said when we go to the range, we practice day and night. Right, Reverend Collymore? Because we want to hit the target. We want to go straight, bullseye, right to the head. So we aim right to the head. But when we want to hit the bullseye, the enemy and his one third, it's only one third of them, we have to spend time in prayer. We have to spend time in prayer and the word my brothers and sisters. And these are these spiritual disciplines, our habits and practice that are created to help us draw and strengthen us spiritually. It's not about doing, but it's about being. Let me repeat it again. It's not about doing, my brothers and sisters. It's about being. This prayer and this spiritual discipline I'm talking about, it fosters communication between the lover, which is Jesus, and the beloved, which is all of us on this platform this morning. It builds the muscles of our character. Yes, we go to the gym. I don't have much muscles. Pastor Abe have no other muscles than Pastor Stephen have muscles. I don't have much. So we build our physical muscles when we go to the gym and we dance at Jerusalem. I'm not a dancer this morning, but I'm telling you. But prayer, prayer, my brothers and sisters, builds the muscles of our characters of our character. It expands, the, it expands the breadth of our inner lives and structure. So we are building from the inside out. It is transformational. It's work, the work out, the work that we're doing when we are in prayer, it train our souls. I'll pause for a minute so I can get a breath. Because when I get up, when I started talking about God, I get excited. I get radical with the enemy. As I just said, it expands the breadth of our inner lives and structure. And when we work out, it trains our souls and it's transformational from the inside out. My brothers and sisters, that's what the, 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 the prayer does. It's offensive. So when we're in doubt, when we, we pray, Whatever we do, we pray. We don't wield weapons like that of the world. We wield weapons that are weapons of God. And I just want to define prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is relational. It's not just you alone. It is relational. It's a two-way communication. You cannot do it alone. It's you and God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's between you and God, the Father, through Jesus, the Son. Prayer, listen to this one, is the oxygen that we breathe. It is my oxygen. Because when I wake up in the morning, I can't do without it. It's the first thing on my mind. is to meet my daddy and talk to him. Through prayer, we seek to align ourselves with God's will by exercising faith and hope. And I just spoke to you about faith. 
Prayer is learned. Luke 11, 1, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. It's the only time we're hearing the disciples asking their, their Jesus to do something for them, to teach them how to pray. That's what they asked Jesus to do because Jesus was constantly praying. Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the son of God and yet, he would pray every morning with his daddy in the cool hours of the morning. It wasn't one hour. It wasn't two hours, three hours until five hours. I'm not telling you, you have to pray that long, but your prayers must be effective. Prayer is also an expression of faith in God's power, fueled by the desires of him. It's a continuing conversation that God has started through you and I. Prayer is a fixation upon the character of God to call upon him for wisdom, power, grace, and might. And I'm going to go to the next point because it says, how do we demolish our strongholds? You know, strongholds appear in the Old Testament 50 times and maybe about one time in the New Testament. The Israelites hid from their enemies in stronghold. In Jude chapter 6 and verse 2, it speaks about that. A stronghold is a fortress, a defensive structure, inaccessible place. It's a high fort. It also can be an addiction, an addiction to sex, addiction to porn, addiction to alcohol. It can also be worry, fear, and pride. That can be a stronghold, my brothers and sisters. But Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and son, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. A stronghold is anything that exalts itself, bigger or more powerful than our God. It steals our focus and causes us to, to feel overpowered, controlled, and mastered. That's what a stronghold does. But Christ as our stronghold does not mean that life will be easy or not troubled or trouble-free, but we do not live in fear. It's not going to be easy. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, everything that can possibly happen is going to happen because Jesus is building you from glory to glory. So we do not live in fear. And in 2 Timothy 2, we all know that verse, he has not given us a, a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. And this is what God has given us to counteract fear. The power, the love, and the sound mind. So we need not to fear. Because he has given us that to counteract it. Sound mind. God has given us that. I want you, my brothers and sisters, to burn into your heart that strongholds. I want you to burn in your heart that strongholds comes from false ideas. We can be encouraged that there are only lies. And who is the father of lies? The enemy. Remember, it is whatever control your focus. Whatever control your focus. And only control your focus. We can choose the Lord to be our stronghold. My brothers and sisters, our primary battlefield is our mind. And that's where Satan wages war. That is the basis of our warfare. It takes place in our thought lives. 
but we have to take them hostage to Christ. And Romans 12 and verse 2 said, Be not conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you'll be able to test and approve what good, what God's will, pleasing and perfect. So that is how you're going to take down the stronghold. You cannot be conformed. We do struggle with a pattern, a pattern of thoughts and words and action. And sometimes when we get into sin, sexual immorality, we do it and we say we'll never do it again because we are doing it in our own strength. We really genuinely hate the behavior, but it happens again and again because we assume our behavior is the battlefield and our goal is to change the action and we can't do it in our own flesh. We have to fight it in the spirit. We have to fight it in the word. We have to fight it in prayer. We have to disarm the power of the enemy. Satan, all, Satan lost all rights to, 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 to us, all authority over us as a believer at the cross. Remember this, remember this. Colossians 2 and Colossians 2 verse 13 to 15 says, Christ disarmed the forces of the enemy. He made him a public spectacle. I love these verses, man. Public spectacle. He made him a public spectacle. Triumphant, triumphant over sin by the cross. Nothing is more powerful than God. Brothers and sisters, nothing is more important, is more powerful than God. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And you can find that in the book of 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 14. Satan, on the other hand, he only, he's, he and his one-third. He's not omnipresent. He is only one third of God's kingdom. And you know what one third is. If it's a whole, we still have three thirds. I knew a little math. Right, Sister Prudence? So my brothers and sisters, have no fear. The omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent, we have him. We have him. So how do we tear down the lies and false arguments? The answer is simple. We must choose truth. We must choose truth. And what's the truth? Who we are in Christ. We're seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 6, we have all the blessings, all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So we have to choose the truth over the lies that the enemy will want to, to tell us. My brothers and sisters, what is also very important in this battle is the love of the Father. Don't ever forget that God's love is also for the plan and for the purposes of our lives. We can never please God by our own human efforts. We do everything through his son, Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, the ultimate that God has for us is not power. The ultimate thing that God has for us is not power. It's not to cast out demons that say, come out, come out. No. It's personal intimacy with him through prayer. Did you hear that? Personal intimacy with him 
through prayer. Prayer keeps us in a constant communication with God, which is the God of our entire lives. And as Christians, we need to remain there, be intimate with him. And I would just like to share a little thoughts on prayer. I'm coming to the end very soon because I want us to get this. I've given you, I've loaded you with a lot of scriptures, but you can read it in your, in, in your time. And it says, you know, there are some thoughts that I would just like to leave with you as Christians. The thought on, on prayer. And excuse me one minute because I have to get onto my iPad because I have it on this iPad. I just told you what, how we need to fight. Oh, we have to wield prayer and the word. And then these are the thoughts now on prayer. Listen to the Lord is the first thing, the second thing, the third thing, the fourth thing, the fifth thing. So prayer is not just about talking. It's about listening. It's the first, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. It's all about listening. Oftentimes, persons pray and pray with all the faith in the world, but nothing happens because they pray without attuning themselves to God. We need to align ourselves with to God. We need to attune ourselves to God. And we need to listen sometimes and just go in his presence and just listen. Corrie Ten Boom said, we do not pray when you feel like it. Make an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man, a man is powerful on his knees. A man or a woman is powerful on his knees. My brothers and sisters, I urge you, it cannot be business as usual. Use everything as prayer. When you get up in the morning and you're sweeping the floor, when you're washing, washing me like hyssop. When you're sweeping the floor, sweep out everything that doesn't belong to you, God. Because I want to align with you. I want to attune with you. I want to hear you like never before. And that is what I've been doing. I must tell you that. And I've asked him to sweep out a lot of things. And he has. A lot of my own ways. It's not about me. It's about him and for his glory. And I want to tell you this. Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Bruce Lee said that. It's still about. It is still about. Oh, yes, discipline. I learned, Pastor. I learned, and I'm glad you allowed me to talk about this. Ladies and gentlemen, our goal, last but not least, our goal must be to learn to think God's thoughts. Think God's thoughts. Don't think your own thoughts, man. Come out of that now. Come out of this. I'm sorry, whoever is not good on English, come out of there. But come out of this now. Think God's thoughts to his will and according to our human desires. And not, sorry, and not according to our human desires. It is never the will of God for our warfare to, come, to become our focus. Do not let your warfare become your focus. The, that's the easiest way to lose your balance. In warfare, it is, it, it, it is to, you know, I just said it earlier on, it is to rebuke the devil and his one third more than we relate to God. So do not rebuke the devil and just relate to God and stop thinking about the enemy and his one third. There's only one third of them. And I just told you he's omnipotent. He's everywhere. And Satan is not everywhere. He has to use the one third. 
my brothers and sisters, so that we bow down in obedience to Jesus Christ, is to pray God's word. And my sister is going to show a clip in a little while. We pray God's word. And praying God's word means we pray back scriptures. Because that is how Jesus defeated the enemy. After he went 40 days into fasting with his daddy. And this is who again, he is all God. But he was all man here on earth. He became the flesh, the word. He went 40 days. And when he came back out, the enemy tempted him and he used the word. So if we do not, if we do not know the word, we cannot use it as our offensive weapon, my brothers and sisters. So we got to spend time in the word. The Lord says in Psalm 1, in Psalm 13, verse 2, I honor my word above my name. The word is so important, my sister. God magnify his word above his name. And I just want you to just, if you can find it, just war room. When Priscilla Shira got into her secret cupboard and she wrote scriptures because she was going through a difficult time in her, in her, in her marriage. Her husband was having an affair. She didn't confront him like some of us. And I said, come here, man, let me tell you how I feel. Because maybe I would do that. The Ruth that I was maybe a year ago, I would have straightened him out. And that is what, but that's not what how we fight anymore. We fight in prayer. We fight in scriptures. And my sister Karen, I don't know if you can find it to be appropriate, but I just want you to look at this and listen to this for a while. As I take a seat, because my voice is running down. We thank you, Lord. He's doing something wrong. He's writing down scriptures. Stand in his way. Mm. I'm asking you, please, to help me. But I've come, you may have a life and have it abundantly. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Submit to God. Mm. Resist the devil. And he will flee. resist the devil and he will flee but as we see her there she was praying she was praying in tears but she was using the scripture 
to pray the word. And that is how our marriage was saved. My brothers and sisters, I implore you to use the word of God to pray, to write scriptures. You can have it on anywhere in your house. I know you journal, but start doing that and praying back the word. I would just like to tell you that, my brothers and sisters, in closing, that the Lord is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. But his church has to be united in prayer. We have to be on one accord and even going into Kenya, one spirit, one mind, one on one accord, my brothers and sisters. I implore you, but it doesn't come by sitting around. It comes in prayer and in the word. This is in Matthew 16 and verse 18. I'm not expounding on it, but I want you to get it. You have to know the word to fight the spiritual warfare. We are Christian soldiers. We are Christian soldiers in the army of God. We have to totally surrender, submit, surrender to the will of God. Use the spiritual weapon he provides. Use the spiritual weapon that he provides. And the spiritual weapons, as I just said, the offensive weapons, a word, a prayer, fasting, thanksgiving, or a testimony. And most of those are spiritual discipline. So if we're not disciplined, we're not going to win the war. And last but not least, my brothers and sisters, I just want to leave you with this verse. Finally, my NLH team, finally, my sisters and brothers on this platform, Anika, Winsome, Angela, Karen, Stephen, all of us, I might not call every name. Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, Whatsoever is admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think on these things. Prayer is transformational. It works from the inside out. And that's my word to you this morning. And I really want you not just to hear this, but abide in this word. But seek ye first again the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the all will be added to you. Thank you for listening. May God bless you all. Over to my brother, Stephen. Thank you so much, my sister Ruth. Such a profound word. Um, and to follow up with that is you know, this, this should have been our message itself. But our sister asked me to speak with her this week. Not, not sure why, but um, we're, I guess we're going to tie in together. Um, and, and as she says, um, conclude the theme of prayer. And so, you know, following up, following, following up behind her, is going to be a task but i won't stay long 
All right, I promise you. Um, the battle that we are to take on this morning um, is going to be that action of prayer. And I'll start off by just, um, when I did some research on prayer, you know, I looked up the, the, the verb of the, of the word prayer, which is called deomai, spelled D-E-O-M-A-I. And in the Greek, that's a Greek for it. And the meaning is where request is made of God or a person. And I start off by telling you a little slogan here that we have in Georgia. I mean, I'm here in Georgia and um, as you know, most of us are all over the world. But here in Georgia, there's a famous slogan. says, one call, that's all. And it's, I've never, in living in about five different states here, I've never seen so many um, lawyers that advertise on TV and radio as much as I've done here in Georgia. And there's that saying, one call, that's all. And it's a famous saying. And I'm going to turn it and say that when we run into or when we have or celebrating or have our issues, the one call that we should make is prayer unto God. The first thing we need to do is go to God. Not calling sister so-and-so first, unless you're calling him for prayer or calling brother so-and-so. Um, let's look at Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And it, and it states, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, verse 25, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. But verse 24 is what we want to focus on. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Um... You know, I have um, the very privilege, I've been very pri privileged to meet some wonderful people here in Georgia um, about since in the past 10 years. And when I just moved here from Connecticut, um, I went to a particular service or ministry that we started aligning ourselves as men of God. And there are 10 of us who have come together um, over the years. And we call ourselves POTS, Men of God. Now the acronym stands for Prayer on the Spot. P-O-T-S. And we have a little fun with it sometimes, you know. When people hear about POTS, the first thing they say, wait, wait, you know, as Jamaicans, you know. The first thing they say is, what is pot? Well, hold on, something you guys smoking, watch it, you know, all right? But again, um, it's, uh, the, as I said, the acronym, prayer on the spot, men of God. And what we do is, or what we have done over the past few years, if something happens to any one of us, we call each other up or we send out a text. Brothers and brothers, hey, pray for this for me. And whatever we are doing, we stop right what we're doing and we pray for each other or pray for the particular subject or request that is made. And why I brought that up is because 
it's the action that we need to take. It's that action of prayer when something happens. Go to him. Go to our daddy. Talk to him. And I want to tell you that when believers, some of us as believers don't know how to pray and I don't know what to say, we realize that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And it's with that interceding that the Holy Spirit groans with too deep the words that cannot be said, that you don't even understand. And I, and I bring that to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And I'll read that for you. Where it states, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray Listen to this. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through world, wordless groans. Verse 27. Pay attention. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's the, tri that, that's, that's the trinity coming together right there. The Holy Spirit at times has to come in and intercede for us. So if you think you have a problem, if you think you, you don't know what to say, if you think you, 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 you're at your wit's end, don't worry. This is an encouragement for those of you who are believers. Just Ask the Holy Spirit to evoke himself within you. But he will do, the, he will do the, 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 the interceding for you. Talk to him. Now, Christ wants us to pray to God as they assist in presenting your requests and prayer to God. Now, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. We are to pray constantly and don't give up. Our sister Ruth mentioned it earlier. You wake up in the morning, first thing you need to do, give him thanks. Before you even put your foot on the ground, be thankful. Show thanks that you just opened your eyes. You're alive. That's, that's, that's wonderful to know that you are able to breathe. In the, whether it's in the morning, you wake up or night some of those some of us who sleep during the day and have to work at night but that situation but just be thankful and i'm going to ask i'm just going to put a little snip, snippet here on our video i'm going to ask our sister karen to pull up in a minute but let's be mindful of the things that how we can tie in to what our sister ruth said to what i am also um asking God to reveal to us this morning that prayer is so essential that it is the action first and foremost of anything that we need to do and with that action comes other things it comes to you have to seek but let's just listen to this um 
short um, video. And let's just understand that there are so many other things that will take place. Let's listen to what another pastor, you, some of you may know this pastor, you hear his voice, you won't see his face, but you'll hear his voice. But just listen to this two-minute clip. What is prayer? Prayer is not sending God to run on your errands. A Christian can see more on his knees than he can from his feet. Prayer is not getting God prepared to do your will. Prayer is getting you prepared to do God's will. Prayer is the only way to release the supernatural power of God in your life, in your marriage, in your business, to show you great and mighty things that you know not. Prayer is the key that unlocks the gates of heaven and closes the gates of hell. Prayer has the power to cure sickness and disease. Prayer can shatter the shackles of misery and habit that are tormenting your life or the life of your son or daughter or the life of your husband or wife. Prayer does not need proof. Prayer needs practice. Intellectuals are now jabbering that God and heaven are far removed and far away. God is as close as your next prayer. If your marriage is under attack, pray. If your children are being tormented by the prince of darkness, pray. If your business is failing, pray. If you're fighting a deadly disease, pray. If you're lost and without God, pray. If your life is empty, if it's meaningless, if it seems to be hopeless, pray. 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 Because God answers prayer. A prayerless Christian is a weak Christian. A prayerless Christian is a miserable Christian. A prayerless Christian is a Christian who always lives in defeat. A prayerless church is a weak church. A prayerless nation is a defeated nation. A prayerless family will be a divided family. It has been said and bears saying again, the family that prays together stays together. God expects you every day of the week to pray for the people in your house. Somebody prayed for you. Who are you praying for? Thank you, Sister Karen. The noun. Remember I mentioned, I started off with a verb. The noun for prayer. In Greek, it's called desis. It's a petition, it's supplication. So remember, we started out, it's a request, which meant there's that intercession. That's what the verb is, interceding. Now we go to the noun. Prayer should be done in humbleness and reverence. And not like, you remember the story with the Pharisees when, when Jesus said, don't pray like that. Those guys over there, where they just want, you know, everybody to hear them. But pray in humbleness. Matthew 7, 7 verse 7. Let me just read that for you. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The asking is what you're doing when you pray. 
you ask God for something. And if there is someone today on this platform that doesn't know Christ as your Savior, that's what you need to do. Ask him into your life as your Savior and Lord. For those of us on this platform that are believers or those who are hearing me on Mixalar, ask for whatever you need. Or Sister Ruth tied it into where there is a, the things that you have to wear, the breastplate, the helmet, all that. Ask. We can't need a, have a problem or give thanks and close our mouth and say nothing. You have to ask. Example, some of us may want a new car or you're getting ready to buy a house. You get on your knees and you ask God, God, this is what I need. Then here's the second part of that prayer. Seek and ye shall find. So let's not just ask for things and sit down and expect God to just put it in our laps. But seek it. Because when we're going to buy a car, what do we do? We, this is, we're supposed to pray about it, right? And say, you know, that will be done, Father. Because some of us might be asking for a Tesla when we only can't afford a Honda. But at the end of the day, you know, our minds, our human minds, we, we run far. You know, we want to sometimes get above and beyond where we need to be. But then it says, seek and ye shall find. As what Matthew 7 or 7 says. And you go out and you go to the dealership or you go online or you whatever. And you start checking around for cars. Same thing you do for houses. You go online and you check and you go call a realtor. You do this and that and you go look at the houses and which one that can fit you and, and all that stuff. Which one you like. Knock and it shall be open unto you. So, brothers and sisters, life happens. And I'm going to wrap up here because I think we got enough from Ruth already. And this is the challenge that I will throw to us. When we do, when we pray, there are things sometimes that happens to us. Life happens. And the first call is prayer. And this can be done by wireless, by email. Think about it. Email. Get on your knees. Get in your war room. As what Ruth just showed us a while ago. Find a place of quietness. There are times when we can, we can cry to God anywhere, anytime. But there should be a time, whether you're at home or if you have to go out to work, find somewhere quiet by your lonesome self and get on your knees and talk to your daddy. Talk to him about whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you want to give him praise and thanks for. And I want to tell you, sometimes our our needs are overwhelming and it requires divine intervention. That's where we get really deep sometimes. I have a situation right now that has, that's been bugging me for years and I've, I've not stopped praying about it. 
But I know that it's only God that can come through. I know the situation can only be dealt with by God. Remember the story when um, Jesus asked, was, was with, the guy, the, the, with his, his disciples and they said, God, how come we couldn't pray the demon out of the man? And what did Jesus do? Jesus prayed and got him out. Sometimes it takes more than just our own self. And so, you know, that happened. If you want to read it, just check Matthew 26, verse 39. So my folks, my, my, my brothers and sisters, take the time to take that action. Whenever it is, whether it is praising God, giving him thanks, asking him for something that you need, praying for somebody else, praying up somebody, encouraging somebody, which is what we should be doing every day too. I'll challenge you this week. There were 24 people on our call not long ago. Pray for everyone sometime this week. If you don't even remember their names, pray them up. You don't know what their needs may be. Take that action. Take that stance of saying, God, here I am, humbly coming to you on my knees with everything on, making sure you're guarded properly, making sure that you're in tune with him. And I know my sister Ruth loves the, 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 the phrase of the intimacy with him. Yes, I totally agree. That is a personal intimacy with him. Get yourself to that area. That the closer you get to God, is the stronger. And the closer you're going to get to whoever. Seek him and he will be found. Knock and the door shall be open. You take, so the prayer involves all these things. Pray, take the action. Seek him. Knock and it will be open. I love you all. And I pray that as we continue to fellowship, worship, and praise him today, that we'll do so in all reverence, in all humbleness, be in tune with God. Love you, everyone.